Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits news until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm so glad that you have joined me once again and appreciate your support of all of these episodes. Today, as we record, it's actually September 2021, and October is coming up, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I wanted to bring on a very special guest today to talk a little bit about her story and her journey with breast cancer. And she's doing wonderful, wonderful work um, that I wanted to be able to share. And she has really an incredible story. So today I have with me Cindy Papali Hammontree. Welcome so much, Cindy. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to have you here. Cindy and I go back many, many years. Um, Cindy, well, I'll tell you all about it, but Cindy worked at the University of Miami for 27 years. She was at the Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center. And then for part of that time, she was at the University of Miami Psychological Services Center. And that's where we met when I was a wee little graduate student. And Cindy was the administrator of our clinic and we became really good friends. We palled around a lot and had a, um, a lot of good times during those years. And Cindy most recently joined the team of a plastic surgeon's office in South Miami. She's originally from New York and moved to Florida in 1971. And when she was 46 years old, she developed breast cancer and had a bilateral mastectomy. She underwent um, several rounds of treatment of chemotherapy and then ended up switching over to tamoxifen, which you took for five years. And Cindy is going to tell us more about that story. She has done so much publicity um, around breast cancer awareness and um, treatment and has appeared on the South Florida Today Show, as well as Buena Vida Mega TV and iHeartRadio. She has written several books and is currently collaborating on a film that was postponed, unfortunately, because of COVID, but was will hopefully um, come to fruition at some point. So Cindy is here to share her story and share the wonderful work she is doing. So thank you again. So let's go back to the beginning. Um, age 46, can you tell us a little bit about how your story unfolded? Yes, of course. Um, I actually worked at the Sylvester Cancer Center uh, at the time, and I was actually helping other breast cancer patients, ironically. So I went for my routine mammogram, and uh, they found calcification, which they always find typically on my breast because I have very dense breasts. Um, but this time uh, in July of 2000, because I am a 21 breast 21-year breast cancer survivor. Thank you, God. I'm so I'm so thrilled to be here so that I can continue inspiring and helping other women and men diagnosed with breast cancer. But back to my uh, 
Mutimabram, this time it was different. It actually, the calcifications that was seen was uh, a little bit speculated. It was often the radiologist knew me and he had all my mammograms lined up for the previous years. So he came out and told me that I needed to have a stereotactic biopsy. Well, he didn't have to say anymore because it was all over his face. I'm very good at reading. I knew him as a physician and I, I, I automatically, I wasn't feeling well for a while. I was taking estrogen, Premarin actually, for 12 years. And um, I uh, had to have an emergency hysterectomy, which prompted me to go on the estrogen, but I was on it for 12 years. And um, uh, long story short, uh, the biopsy was done and it came back that it was invasive ductal lobular carcinoma. And not only was it a cancer, it was a multifocal, meaning I had three tumors. Two tumors were behind the first one. So to be specific, it was 1.5 centimeter by 0.7 by 0.5. So there were two small ones behind it. So um, what happened after that, um, I had a process to, to get the process knowing in my brain that I had cancer, but I, in a way I wasn't surprised because I do have a family history. Um, my mother's sister had it, my father's sister had it, and then my mom at the age of 87 developed breast cancer. So after that, um, I was told that I had a choice. You know, I can have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy. Uh, I can do unilateral or I can do bilateral. So I had a whole bunch of things to process and it wasn't easy. So that's why, you know, I work for plastic surgeon now. So when the women come in to me and they, you know, want my advice or what they, they want to know what they should do, you know, I, I tell them just, you know, take time to process, uh, measure your options, the pros and the cons, uh, and you have to go with how you feel, not what other people are telling you. Okay, so I ultimately had a, first I had the left mastectomy because that was the cancer side. And then three months later, I went back and had the mammogram done on the other side again, and then they saw more calcification. So I did not want to just watch it. I decided to have prophylactically take the right breast off. And I don't regret it till today. I never had any regrets. People will say to me, do you ever have regrets? I go, no, none at all. Uh, I took my time making my decisions. Uh, I worked in the division of surgical oncology at Sylvester. So, I mean, I, I knew the research. I knew what was there. And at that time, believe it or not, there was a lot of things that I did not have back then that they have today. Now, they might have had small support groups. I had no idea. What they have today is, uh, is amazing. Uh, and I'll talk about a couple of those groups uh, in, in a little bit. But uh, I had nobody. I mean, I just had myself and um, my family was a little bit touch and go because they didn't know how to act around me. They didn't know what to say. Um, and even some friends, because people just don't know what to say to people when they have, you know, they tell them they have cancer, um, which brings me to um, some solutions to doing that. Um, I, I like to tell people, well, when you have a good friend to say that they're diagnosed with breast cancer, don't don't isolate yourself from them because it really hurts them. I was hurt by a lot of people that didn't call me and they told me after they didn't call me because they didn't know what to say or what to do. So my advice is just listen, that's it. All you have to do is listen and listen to the person and what they say, how are you feeling today? Uh, is there anything you want me to get? Uh, or, or if you know they have a specific magazine that they love, 
knock on the door, come over, just bring it to here. Here's a magazine. Here's like a people magazine for you to read. Or, or uh, my, my magazine is the Florida design. I love looking at homes and, <laughs> and wishing one day I can have one of them. But, uh, but just those little things are, are big things. You know, the littlest thing that you do for somebody turns out years down the road, they say, you know what? I, I, I want to really thank you because that little thing that you did for me, bringing the magazine over, bringing some chicken noodle soup over for me. And that's my favorite. I had friends do that. Um, and that was the best. That was the best that it helped me heal, actually. It's amazing. Like you said, something so simple and you're, you're so right. People don't know how to act. There's no guidebook, you know, what to, what to do when people around you are going through this. So, um, I think that's very helpful. Well, there is a book called experts. In Pain. Uh, now there is. Okay. So <laughs> that's my latest book. Yes. And in that book is a lot of, uh, there's like, it's 400 pages and, uh, I have over 34 physicians in the book that contributed chapters on, on their specialties, such as chemotherapy, radiation therapy. Uh, we have a young woman who is a survivor that wrote a chapter on music therapy. And it's an amazing chapter. Uh, her name is Marilyn, and it's a very beautiful chapter. Uh, we have a, a, a dentist that talks about before, during, and after chemotherapy, how it can affect your gums and your teeth, which I didn't even think about. That was 21 years ago. Uh, and also there's a chapter on mindfulness and meditation and a yoga chapter by Tamara. And uh, the yoga chapter is amazing. Uh, I just can't go on and on about all the chapters that we have in this book and the people that took the time to actually contribute their chapters. And more, even moreover, I think people who are do, who are providing this opportunity for healing, um, like you said, that was just not available. I, I imagine the research was not there 21 years ago, and you know these services weren't there. So, um, so what do you think helped you get through it? I mean, I don't. How long? How long was it? You know, the whole span. I know it's really a never-ending journey, but sort of the really in, most intense parts from diagnosis to treatment and weighing your options. And what would you say? really helped you get through that in addition to these gestures of support from the people around you? Well, music therapy was one. I listened to a lot of music. Uh, I love music. I'm an avid, I love all kinds of music, every kind of music, country, rock, all of it. Um, and I also uh, decided to do some research myself. I went on the internet and I started um, going into uh, chat rooms. Uh, I was a little bit on the cautious side. I was kind of like, quiet in the chat rooms, but from the chat rooms that I was in uh, for breast cancer survivors, I have made over 15 very close friends out of that group till today. And I've also lost a lot, about three or four of them. Uh, and I will always remember them for their support. We would talk back and forth. And like when you go through chemotherapy at the time, you get sores in your mouth, in your gums. And I was taken by surprise by that because I didn't know what to expect. So one of the young ladies that I met in the chat room says, well, eat a popsicle, you know, uh, eat something cold. And it did. It helped relieve uh, the uh, soreness that I had, uh, which I had it for a little while. But then when I stopped the treatment and switched over to tamoxifen, it was okay. It was better. It went away. Um, and then the other thing too, that helped me, um, and I'm not a very religious person. Um, I, I believe in God, but I also prayed 
Um, I said, you know what? And sometimes people negotiate with God. It's, I mean, he knows me by now. He must call me a character up there because I'm always negotiating. Like, uh, you know, if you help me do this, I'll do that. You know, and then all of a sudden you forget about doing that. Uh, but, uh, you know, and humor. Humor is so important. Uh, of course, you can't find humor when you're first diagnosed. But as you're going through the journey, you really want to surround yourself with positive, fun people. Uh, that's the other thing. I, I stayed away from negative people uh, mm -hmm. because they scared me. I have to be very honest. They really scared me. Uh, oh, my God. Well, what if it comes back in another area? Well, you know, you know, don't tell me that. <laughs> of course, I already knew that could happen. But, you know, you don't want to have somebody that kind of is on the negative side is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, there are people that are just negative And, you know, that's their thing. I mean, God bless them, that's how they are. But I like to be on the positive side. So I surrounded myself with positive people. I enjoyed my music. Um, I joined chat rooms. And then I met a very lovely lady named Patricia San Pedro, who is a breast cancer survivor. And she is the founder of Link of Hope Sisters. And my world took off from them. We became such good friends. She is my was my maid of honor in my, my wedding. Um, the Link of Hope Sisters is from women all over the world. And uh, it's a group on Facebook. If you go to Link of Hope Sisters, uh, S-I-S-T-A-S, -S, you can go ahead and uh, ask to join and they will go ahead and review, you know, a little about you. And then, you know, you'll be able to get into the chat room. The women in there are amazing. Everybody, you know, of course, when they ask for advice, you know, we're very cautious. We always say, check with your doctor. But, you know, this is what worked for me and this is what I did. Maybe you can talk to your doctor about it because we don't like to give medical advice on uh, and the group. Um, but we are all close that we can say, hey, you know, this is what I did. Maybe you can find out from your doctor if you can do that. Uh, there are some simple things that they don't have to check with their doctor, like, hey, you know, you want to go to lunch and we, we can talk or um, then advice as far as reading good books. I mean, Experts in Pink is an excellent book, of course, because I wrote it, but there are thousands of great books out there. Uh, Patricia San Pedro has The Cancer Dancer, uh, and that book is amazing, and people are still reading it. Um, and, uh, you know, there's other organizations out there, too, that... Um, that are wonderful. There's uh, from Baptist Hospital, there's called Bosom Buddies. And Linda Burroughs, who founded it in 1997, uh, she is amazing. I also became very close to her. And uh, she, we, we have sometimes talks at one o'clock in the morning, you know, when we can't sleep and I text her, are you awake? And yeah, I'm awake. And then we start chatting. Uh, so that is a great organization, Bosom Buddies through Baptist Hospital here in Miami, Florida. Um, then there is an organization uh, called Braca Strong. That's, a, that's an organization uh, foundation for women diagnosed with a genetic gene. Uh, and that's a story in itself for me. Uh, but Braca Strong is very good. They can look, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. Uh, Tracy Milgram Posner is the founder to that uh, Braca Strong. She's wonderful and you can reach out to her, anyone that has uh, questions or wants to know about genetic uh, testing for Braca. And I have to share with everyone, I was petrified to get genetic testing. Do you know, I recently just got genetic tested last year, 20 years after. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of cancer in my family. My mom's sister, father's sister, uh, my mom, and my dad had pancreatic cancer. Uh, my brother had passed away at 49 of colon cancer. So my oncologist, Dr. Carmen Kalfa, 
at the University of Miami Sylvester Cancer Center. Uh, she sees patients in Plantation Sylvester and in Miami Sylvester Cancer Center. She did a chapter in the book in Experts in Pink on Breast Medical Oncology. But I went to go see her and she says, we have, we're taking your blood today. And I said, oh, we are. So she says, yes, you're gonna get genetic tested today. They did 83 genetic tests. There's not just BRCA1 and 2. Yeah. There are multiple tests for genetic testing. So she did about 83 of them. And I didn't get my results back for two weeks. I can't tell you how on eggshells I was for two weeks. And I wanna share with everyone that all 83 tests were negative. And to, for me, that I mean, some people were shocked because I have a lot of cancer in my family. So I was so happy um, that I, I, I didn't know where to start. I was calling everybody, hey, guess what? My genetic test is negative, all 83. And they were like, how can that be? And I says, well, it is, you know. So uh, that's another thing, too. I encourage people, if you have children, if you have a daughter, or even sons, uh, that you should get genetic test testing. You want to see if you carry the gene because then you, your, your daughter or your son, they can, you know, uh, get counseling counseling and they can know what their options are. Yeah. Um, and again, Brock is strong if they go and call that foundation, uh, which is on Instagram again, it's BRCA and then strong. And then they can look her up there and uh, Tracy's always available on there if they wanna do like a message. Uh, same thing with Facebook. Yeah, I know genetic counseling is very complicated and that's a whole, um, topic in and of itself in terms of how that fits in you know <sighs> what you do with that information um, but it just it, it's just mind-blowing to me as i listen to you you know all the connections that you made and i know some of this is you being you because you are such an outgoing friendly person <laughs> and um you i know, love people you do you're <laughs> a total people person so it doesn't surprise me in the least that you that this would be one of your primary coping strategies would be to connect with people but i think a lot of women um, some men, but just to be a little stereotypical, I think a lot of women are like that. And we find a lot of comfort in connection with others who have been through what we've been through or are going through what we're going through. And, you know, that just cannot be underestimated. And I remember from my time at UM, there's a lot of research on social support and illness, um, kind of illness progression and, you know, your experience with illness. And so it doesn't surprise me at all to hear you talk about this. And it's just amazing what's available because of social media and because of the internet, um, you know, that was just beginning when you were going through all yes, this. And now it sure was literally at our fingertips, you know, it, all these Facebook groups, all these um, very specific organizations are so easy to find, you know, you can really find the niche that you need. So it's really wonderful. So can you tell us, um, you know, so I, I think I, you know, that's a really great um, explanation of some of the key strategies that were really helpful for you in terms of getting through the most intense parts of this. And then tell us about what you have gone on to do um, since, uh, since then. It's never ending for me, I have to tell you. Um, I, I don't even, like you said, you have to draw the line and know how to say no. Um, I have, I'd like to participate and help everyone. Um, and there is, uh, there, it's just a lot that I love to do. I love people and I'm actually going to be writing another fourth book in January. Uh, but I'm going to do a little, that's just a little secret 
little twist that's coming in that. Uh, and the documentary and the movie, you know, like I said, with COVID had gotten stopped. And then we had investors pull out because they, you know, they, you know, with COVID and everything, it was very hard to even film. I mean, nobody, especially in New York, because I'm a New Yorker. So there's no way you can do any filming anywhere uh, with COVID. Um, but I actually uh, do want to bring a point out, especially to the young, about self-birth examination. Uh, that is crucial uh, and very important, uh, especially uh, in the young, which will, uh, will we have, uh, I know we have Marilyn coming on shortly, and I wish I had that device 21 years ago. Uh, but right now, at that time, I had to depend on my fingers. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's very important to do self-breast examinations. And for me, it was easier in the shower because my hands were soapy and you can glide across on your breast a lot easier to feel any kind of, you know, lumps or little bumps. And it's also important, ladies and men, to actually go underneath your armpit, too, when you do that, because you can get lumps underneath the armpit and that can be overlooked. Uh, as well. And um, that, so that's very important. Uh, and also diet and nutrition, not only just for breast cancer, for all cancers. Now, I know around the holidays, it's difficult and your birthday or special occasions that it's hard. Everybody detours off their diets. Um, but it's really important uh, to really watch and eat you know, your basic four groups, you know, your fruits and vegetables. And uh, I have fruits, vegetables, and then dark chocolate. And at that time, I really thought chocolate was bad, but I come to find out that dark chocolate is a great antioxidant, uh, even in moderation, of course, even if you had it every day, a small, tiny little piece. Uh, and I just talked to my doctor, actually, because I had my my labs drawn last week. And I said, I was scared to get my sugar count because I was afraid my glucose was going to be like 200. And it came back as 90. And I told him, I said, you know, I was really scared. And he said, why? And I said, because I eat dark chocolate every day and little pieces of it, you know. And he said, well, that's not bad at all. Uh, because actually the antioxidants in there are good for you. Uh, some people might beg to differ. And there are some people that totally don't have any sugar at all, especially they related to cancer. Okay. Uh, they think that a lot, well, they don't think it. I think there, there is research that does say that sugar uh, is bad for cancer cells. I mean, if you, you know, they, they feed off of it. And my brother who passed away of colorectal cancer, Mike, Mike Papali, um, he, uh, was a stickler on lecturing me on that when he was very uh, terminally ill, uh, stay away from the chocolate, the bad chocolate and don't eat processed foods. And he went on and on and on. And uh, I miss him a lot. He was, he worked at Joe DiMaggio at Hollywood Memorial hospital, uh, here in Florida. Uh, he was, uh, he worked in the PDICU, uh, very well loved, uh, the babies and the children loved him, uh, but he passed away of colon cancer, which again, you know, uh, getting colonoscopies yearly, they say after the age of 50, but in my family, my, even my grandfather had it at 40. Okay. So, you know, the, the ages that they're saying now for cancer, even with breast cancer, now they're saying, you know, we're seeing a lot of young women in their 20s and 30s getting breast cancer. Uh, and uh, again, you know, we'll let Marilyn talk more about that with her, uh, the Pink Luminous Advocacy Program. I mean, it's a phenomenal program. I'm honored to meet Marilyn and uh, I have, uh, I, I, I support her 110% um, with this device that she'll share with everyone soon. Um, but 
but that's, you know, and then, you know, a lot of people will call me for advice too, like an advocate, you know, my friend Linda Burroughs, for example, you know, she's, oh, I have this lady, you know, and she's going through, you know, the breast cancer uh, journey now. And I know that you wrote your book and, you know, would you like to talk to her? And I said, of course, and we met and I gave her a book. I like to give uh, my books to people that really, especially when they're going through their journey, many of them will read it during their chemotherapies. Mm -hmm. They have shot me text messages. Hey, I'm getting my chemo and I'm reading your book and experts in pink and the best chapter I love, you know, everybody has their own chapter that they love was one, the music therapy chapter. And then uh, Samit Kumar, Dr. Samit Kumar. And I know, you know, Samit, yes, he's one of the and he is phenomenal. He's actually speaking October 9th. At the event say, I'm having. Can you tell us more about this event? Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, I, I put together this, uh, the panel of physicians from the book. I only selected eight because I couldn't have all 34 because we are on a time, time, time constraint. But uh, there's eight physicians that will be speaking. Uh, on the panel. And also we have the mayor of Miami-Dade County, Danielle Levine, Daniela Levine-Cava, uh, who actually has done so much in our community. We've had a lot of tragedies this past year, not only COVID, but I'm sure everybody in the world knows about the Surfside condo collapse. God bless everybody there. Uh, it's just tragic. And then all the things going on in Haiti and in Cuba and the now now with the fires in, uh, in, the, in the volcano in Spain, it's, it's just, you know, Stress too, you know, stress takes a toll on the body. And, you know, there is research done on that, that stress can cause a lot of illnesses and people lose hair. My mom has stress and she lost her hair. And, um, uh, and me, I have heart palpitations and that alone was very bad for me. Um, they didn't know what was wrong with me until I was diagnosed uh, with autoimmune. You know, I had limited crest syndrome and Raynaud's, but at the time they didn't know what it was. And, you know, I, with my, I'm a type A personality because you don't know when to keep me quiet. Uh, and every little thing I absorb, I absorb people that, that are suffering or people that I'm, I'm compassionate. I mean, that's how I was raised. I come from an Italian family, you know, the Papalis. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's back up for a moment. So October 9th, so you're bringing together yes. a panel, some of the yes. authors from your book and yes. where is it going to be held? It's going to be at the Coral Gables Congregational Church in Miami, Florida. Uh, it's 3010 DeSoto. Boulevard. It's actually across from the Biltmore Hotel uh, in Miami. Uh, and we will start promptly at five. We do encourage people to come at 4.30 because three years ago I did a launch as well and we had 300 people. So we might have to start capping it off. So we encourage people to arrive at least by 4.30. Uh, we will have some uh, two uh, people in the front for meeting and greeting. We have the PBS All Health uh, channel there and we have Marilyn uh, with the pink abacus, pink luminous advocacy there as well. So we want people to come, come and meet them before they enter the room. And, you know, we want people to enjoy the evening because it's going to be a really great, fun, fun, fun evening. I'm so disappointed that I'm so far away and can't make it, but I watched the video. You had a similar event several years ago. I watched the video and it was so incredibly moving and powerful. I felt like I was there, you know, by watching the video and I could just feel all the emotion from the room and mm -hmm. uh, just the care and compassion. It was just 
simply amazing. And I know that this one will be the same, if not better. And I truly wish that I could be there. But I hope for people who are listening, if you're in the Miami area, I hope you will go because I know it will be a really memorable event. And we and we also have Julie Guy and Tamara G as our host from 101.5 Light FM. Uh, there are two girls in the morning and uh, they're my favorite. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but uh, it'll be a really great evening. Uh, but like I said, I do encourage people to show up earlier, like 430. Uh, there's plenty of parking. The church has plenty of parking on the ground, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, we will have some security there, so everybody will be okay. They'll be safe. Uh, we do encourage people to please wear their masks so that other people feel comfortable, even though you're vaccinated. We just respect for other people. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, I'm gonna be wearing my mask. I will take it off to speak and then it goes right back on. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, to just to protect other people. Of course, yeah. And will this be videotaped for people who can't make it? Yes, there we have a, a videographer there, uh, Shirley, uh, and she actually did the YouTube for us after the first one three years ago that she's going to do again. So it will be YouTubed. Okay. And I'm trying to find someone to maybe Facebook Live it. So that oh, would be really? another thing. So for our Facebookers out there, uh, October 9th, jump on uh, and we're going to try to Facebook Live I it. I will look for that. I hope you'll announce that on your page and um, I'll be looking for that information for those of us yes. who will be there. That yes, would be yes, I will. So, Cindy, this has been really so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your thoughts on coping strategies and a little bit. I mean, I know we really just skimmed the surface of all the incredible work that you are doing to be a support person for other pers for other people um, going through this and to create the opportunity across the world for people to have access to support networks. So if anyone wanted to find you, we'll put in the show notes um, some of these links that you mentioned and some sure. of the groups and the organizations, but mm -hmm. is there a place where you want people to go if they want to find um uh, yes they can they can go to facebook and they can message me that they heard the show and they also can instagram me as well uh, i'm on twitter under uh c papali and also uh uh just papali i have a couple of accounts on there and then on linkedin i am cindy papali uh, so they can find me on LinkedIn. So it's and Twitter, on, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and Instagram. Instagram, what's, what's the, um, Cindy Papali, and we have experts in pink also on Instagram. Okay. All right. Super. Thank you so much. Good luck on the event. I know it will be wonderful. I'll be watching from afar and thank you so much for sharing your Thank story. you for having me. And thank you so much to everyone listening. Oh, this was great. Thanks everyone for being here. And until next week. Hello friends, it's Carol Perlman coming on to say hello and thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes as much as I've enjoyed creating them for you. I wanted to make sure you knew about a special program that is currently being offered on my website. If you go to www.healthy4lifebycarolperlman.com, you'll see more information about my current time management classes. If you follow me on social media, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I believe time management is behind almost every single one of your goals. And the more you can perfect your skills in time management, the more successful you're going to be in reaching your goals. I have created what I believe is a really outstanding class. I've been studying time management for years. I've been perfecting my own system and I've been teaching others for almost 15 years now. I created an online course, a 21-day habit formation course that is now available to you. 
they, quote unquote, they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I find that that is often time the case. So go look on the website, healthy for life by carolperlman.com. And you will see current offerings. I have several different time management classes for specific audiences, but the general one is just the it's about time, time management class. You'll see all the details there. You'll see the upcoming start date. And there's always the opportunity to buy the workbook and complete the course as a self-paced course and take it at your own speed. It's one exercise a day. All you need to commit is 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. Step-by-step, you will create new habits that last a lifetime for better time management. Check it out, and I hope to see you in one of the classes. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.